All right, getting ready to leave. I need computer, Yeti mic, Zoom mic, phone, computer charger, notebook. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I need. Um, oh, hand sanitizer, chapstick. All right. Let's make a series. Since moving back to Brooklyn, I've readjusted to long commutes. They were never really much of an issue to me. East New York is pretty, well, east of Brooklyn. So since high school, my commutes have always been at least an hour and a half. You can get a lot of thinking done with that kind of time. You can see a lot of different people. You see a lot of different circumstances and situations all in one space. It's all kind of out in the open on the train. There's no room to hide because everyone, no matter how much money you have, what kind of degree you've earned, or what kind of neighborhood you come from, for an hour or two, in the beginning and ending of your day, you're in the same place with a bunch of other people. Underground, on a subway platform, just waiting to get to your next destination. This commute in particular, however, is a little longer than usual. And for me, that's saying a lot. I'm on my way to Harlem, and I've got to be honest, haven't been to Harlem that much. Before college, the way I moved around New York City was pretty simple. Avoid the city at all costs. Of course, geographically, all five boroughs fall under New York City. But if you lived here for a while, you just sort of know the city, the city city, is Manhattan. It's like an unspoken detail all New Yorkers just sort of go by. In Manhattan, there's just too much traffic, too many tourists, and frankly, for me, it's just too long of an already long commute. But to be fair, I've lived in New York City for a majority of my life. I have had more than enough time to adjust to the inconveniences and hassles of city commutes. Maya, on the other hand, has lived here for under four months, and she's already used to it. Okay, so um, I'm walking to Maya's place now. It is about six o'clock, almost six o'clock. At night, evening, Not gonna lie, whatever. when I was walking to her place a couple of weeks ago, I definitely had to pull out Google Maps to refresh my memory on how to get there. I'm walking up to her door now, and I need to check if this is the right building, though. I'm pretty sure this is it. Yeah, this is the one. Eventually... I do make it to her place. Dope. 
what? Glasses. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? What have you seen? What have you not seen? Like my hair is new, but you saw my hair. So really liking this look. Um, can I wash my hands? Maya shares a two-bedroom apartment with her friend Savannah. They haven't lived here long, but the place already has personal touches that make the space welcoming. Their apartment opens into their living room space, and immediately you notice the books surrounded by their TV. It's a classic living room setup. Comfy couch, a side table at the end, and then a TV, front and center. You know, for optimal viewing pleasure. But the books surrounding the television suggest that reading is one of the preferred pastimes. Maya tells me, back in her old room at her parents' house in Baltimore, she was surrounded by books. My room was yellow. The walls were yellow. And I picked them out when I was like eight. And you know what? It's a, it's a really nice yellow, weirdly enough. It's like an ochre, I would say. It was like this. It was like Ooh. a warm yellow. Not particularly like bright or anything, but mm -hmm. it was like really comforting. cool. It was comforting. And like in the light, it just looked really bright and lively like I'd wake up in the morning with the sun shining on because we were like whatever facing and like you'd wake up like I would wake up from the sun and they would bounce off from the yellow and just be a really light room so all the walls were that kind of color except for one wall which was like a like a red color but like a warm red color like not dark or too wall. bright yeah like an accent wall saying it out loud this sounds like an ugly ass room um <laughs> And then, like, all my furniture was, like, a sort of, like, green color. It worked. It worked. <laughs> it all worked out. But it is a strange color combination. And there was just, like, fuzzy carpeting. And, like, my bedding was, like, a mix of... Like, I had this really cool bedding that was, like, that same kind of red color mixed in with that yellow. So it matched really well. And I had so many pillows. I, ca I would take pillows from the guest room and from my parents' room. And... I had this like really small angel, almost kind of like a ornament, and it was always on the back above my bed to like like my guardian angel to protect me. And I had like three bookshelves <laughs> stacked with books that like I would get for Christmas or like sometimes I would like we would walk by Barnes and Noble and be like, I like this book. I never closed the door in my room. I didn't start doing it until I came back after college. But, like, it was just, like, a space where I just, I didn't care what anyone saw that I was doing. I was just, you know, reading always or, like, sometimes taking naps or, like, I don't know, watching yeah. videos on my computer, writing. That was my room. Her current room is different. It's not yellow. There's no green furniture or a red accent wall, but it's her room now. And that night, for the next two hours or so, I was going to get an extensive understanding of Maya's journey from her room back in Baltimore to here, where she is now. Back in Maryland, Maya lived with her mom and dad. They lived in a single family home, and this, this home, this two-story home, was her dad's American dream home. It was two floors. A backyard, a lot of trees. Like, we were surrounded by trees in a way. It was, like, white with a red door. It was just, like, that standard, like, I don't know, 
Like, it was American Dream, but it was, like, the most modest American Dream. Like, it wasn't, like, a McMansion of any sort. It was before McMansion started just piling up, like, all over, like, suburbia or, like, that weird mix of urban and suburban. So it was just a good size for just three people (laughs) to live there. And it was just two floors, again, a white house with a backyard. And that's what my dad wanted so badly. And I would say it was very, like, the interior was very, like, 90s. It was a lot of stuff, like, passed down from my parents, from my dad when he was in college, from my mom when she was, like, in her 20s living in D.C. Like, there was nothing new or, like, fancy or shiny about, like, the inside. It was just, like, all stuff that they were, like, cobbled together to make an inside. Just to be clear, Maya doesn't have any siblings, so it was just her and her parents. I I never thought I was missing out or anything. There was sometimes, there was days where I was like, it'd be cool to have a younger brother so I could mess with him and like blah, 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 do that sort of thing. Um, But I mainly just stuck to myself. Like, I liked watching TV and just like... I was really big on the History Channel as a kid, which shows how dorky I was. And this was before, like, it became all about aliens and stuff like that. Oh, that's so true. So it was like, they only really showed Lincoln. Civil War. Yeah, they showed Civil War documentaries and Lincoln documentaries. And I would eat that shit up so much. And I was like, yeah. Or I'd watch Animal Planet a lot. I would watch SpongeBob. And then I would just, like, read. My dad, like, when I was a kid, every Saturday, we would go to the library he would just like sit down on the chair and like read the news and I would just go through the kids section and there'd be days where I like just have one book I wanted to read and other days where it's like 15 and I would legit read all of them by the next Saturday which is kind of crazy to look back now some days he's like you want to see a movie and we would like go see a Pixar movie or go see a kids movie this was low-key an excuse for him to watch those movies because he really wanted to so it was pretty much like very simple like I know a lot of people say with only children like they're spoiled and stuck up but my parents never allowed me to be and I also I think I was just born an old woman (laughs) I think I was just born like already in my 40s and was like I'm over this I was fine with hanging out with kids and stuff but I was always very awkward and I don't know I was just better alone And I also learned to really talk, like, I knew how to talk to grown-ups. I knew to have, like, conversations with them. And I, you know, (laughs) that sort of stupid stuff. So, like, I know a lot of old references. I know a lot of just, like, older music. My parents were older when they had me. Like, my mom was 35. My dad was 34. Myron Arthur is from Warsaw, Virginia. He was born in the 60s. Myron, you said? Myron. Like, have you ever seen The Proud Family? Mm Mm-hmm. Myron, the nerdy guy, crushes on Penny Proud. Yes! My dad is that. That's my dad. And Wait, can I see a picture? Yeah, I'm about to, I'm, I'm going to pull up a photo of him when he was oh, younger. Man. Glasses and everything. Loves- and you know what? Penny's my mom. <laughs> Low key. My dad loves my mom more than my mom loves my dad. <laughs> and it works out really well. <laughs> For those who don't know, The Proud Family is a Disney Channel cartoon from the early 2000s. It's about this black family living in suburbia. It's amazing, and Myron is a nerdy kid who has a massive, undeniable crush on the main character, Penny Proud. He has a shaved head, wears big black glasses, and wears a nerdy red button-down shirt and blue jean get-up. So yeah, 
That's my dad. Oh my god! I know, right? Yeah. That's wild. It's pretty uncanny when you think about it. <laughs> he he pretty much the is Myron. He is. Wow. Yeah. My mom. Her name's Monica. <laughs> All M names: Myron, Monica, and Maya. I. It was unintentional, they say, but I don't think so. Funnily enough, both her parents are from like Virginia too from Hampton and like Newport News area where my dad went to college and they slowly moved their way up to Baltimore what were your parents like as parents like a weird mix like I think just like my parents are very much like a yin and yang sort of relationship um where like I think my dad just has a lot more expectations in his parenting because his parenting like his parents were so both really good and really bad in different ways. Um, so he really wanted to try and really was like, he just felt really stunted in terms of opportunities once he was in high school and college, that he was like, you have so much more and that sort of thing. Um, and I think my mom was just kind of like going through the motions a little bit, like, just gotta do this year and this year and she's very much just like I gotta get this done go through the motions not not heartless just like not particularly like comforting and stuff like that she's a fun mom she's really funny and snarky and like she really loves dancing in the kitchen and like playing music and stuff like that but she's never been one to like truly parent whereas my dad's like (sighs) like just like set out like a goal and a mission to be like I have this one daughter, and she has to do her best at all things. And he's still kind of that way. Um, and he and she needs as many opportunities as she can, and needs to just generally like have a better career slash social outlook than I had when I was just like like a country bum going to college. Like he just like I think when he went to college, he just didn't know anything about the world. And he didn't want that for me. This dynamic and space in Baltimore, however, was not the only home Maya's ever known. Like she said before, her dad is from Warsaw, Virginia. During the summers between the ages of 6 and 14, Maya lived there with her grandparents. It was like a summer home away from home. Yeah, my mom used to go back to her parents' towns in Virginia when she was younger. So it was sort of like a generational thing. Like each kid would just like stay in Virginia for the summer, free childcare sort of thing. I'm very curious what my parents did during those three months when I was gone. I never asked them. I guess that was time for them to relax. I don't know. Like, I never thought about that, but. So, and I think when I was six and seven, I was like, woo, vacation, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Like, it was just so long. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just like, oh, I just get to hang out with my grandparents and they're giving me McDonald's and I get to go outside and blah, blah, blah. And like, it was just, it was just different from like all the other days, but it felt more fun. And then I think as I got older, I was like, why am I here? Like, I could do so many things home. My grandma, her name's Delma. She was named after a white woman. My granny, her mother, like, worked with and liked so much that she named her child Delma. And Delma also was, like, one of the younger kids out of five kids. 
and she's lived in Virginia her whole life. She was born and raised in Montrose, which is about a 15-minute car ride from Warsaw, and then after she married my grandpa at, like, 19, she stayed in Warsaw, has never left or moved or anything like that. And she's worked a bunch of jobs. For a while, she was a teacher's aide, and then Reagan came and, like, stopped that program, so she was without a job. And for 40 years, she was the secretary for the only doctor in town. So she knew everybody in Warsaw because they all just went to that one doctor, Mr. Vini. And I think what was really fun about Virginia initially was she was still working at the doctor's office, so I didn't really see her that often, too. Like, I would hang out with my grandpa. We would call him Pop-Up. He had a garden in the backyard, and I would help him out. We would shuck corn and, like, shuck lima beans and stuff like that. He would grow huge watermelon, and he would just give them away willy-nilly. He'd just, like, open up his, like, pickup truck in front of the Walmart or like in front of a church parking lot and just be like anyone want watermelon (laughs) and people would grab him we would do that and like it was free and I would just like do other stuff or like watch tv or like sometimes my grandma would take me to the library and I would get some books and that sort of thing but it weren't like my books that I had at home and sometimes I would spend time with her in the doctor's office and I would play on a typewriter and be like hi, when's your appointment? Which is definitely not allowed. (laughs) But I would say that to, like, people who were coming in. And, like, I'd be like, sign here. (laughs) (laughs) They would, like, entertain you. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, yeah. And then she, like, retired a little bit after that. And it became, like, such hell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because she knows everybody, she's just, like, a very popular person. And she's really good at talking to people She's better at talking to people that's not her family, her immediate family. Like, we would go to Walmart. (laughs) There was only one Walmart, and it was in Tappahannock, which was a short ride away. And we could be in there for four hours because someone from the doctor's office would be like, hey, Miss Delma, and she'd be like, hey. And she'd start a 45-minute conversation with them in Walmart, and I'd be like, can we go home? (laughs) We got everything we need. (laughs) Um she was just, like, a person that just loved being out. And because of this, anything that she was invited to and also kind of not invited to, she would drag me with her. And and I think in this way, I felt like an accessory after a while and just kind of, like, I wasn't able to, like, have my own kind of life in Virginia. I was, just my, I was just with my grandma all the time. My grandma loved socializing so much. She would just go to any wedding. She would go to any funeral. She'd go to any cookout. (laughs) Even if she only knew one person, she'd be like, I'll go. She's And it's just like a Southern kind of thing that you do. Like, you just, you talk after funerals and you catch up and stuff. Like, there's always someone in her house talking with her, chatting with her. They'd just be like, I drove by and I saw that your car was out there. Decided to stop by and say hey. And after a while, I started to resent it a lot because I just felt... Like, I couldn't do anything. And, like, so much of the summer was built around her social life. For, like, which makes sense. Like, and she, she deserves to have a social life, but it just was never, it was never fun. It was exhausting. And I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't as exhausting for her to do it. And I, my, my dad and his sister, my aunt, feel this way, too. But, like, my grandma's just, like, a hard person after a while to live with. And she's just, she is, yeah, she's just a difficult woman. She's very loving, 
and caring, but difficult. And then you slowly realize that more as you got older and stayed those summers, like that you just had to like abide by everything she said. You were kind of, you were almost like an accessory with her. Like, I just remember vivid memories of my grandma dropping something and she's like, pick it up. And she's, and I'm like, you're right there. And she's like, can you pick it up? Or like, she, you're like her beck and call. You have to do everything for her. Maya stops going to Virginia for the summers around 14. She tries camp, a Christian camp, but she didn't like it very much. After that, she didn't go back to Warsaw. She just stayed at home in Baltimore. She hung out by herself, with her parents, and with friends. So I asked her, what kind of things would she do? I was sure that selling watermelons outside of the Walmart parking lot or shucking corn wasn't on the agenda back in Maryland. I mean, you can go to the mall. I thought, like, honestly, like, I only saw that kind of stuff on TV. No, you, like, meet up with your friends, you walk around, you get a pretzel, and you're done. You go home. (laughs) You, like, and, like, the biggest thing that you do at the mall is, like, maybe start some drama. (laughs) Like, a little bit. Like, you gotta, like, a lot of friends worked at the mall, too, Mm -hmm. and, like, you bother them <laughs> like either you do that or just walk through public space and be like we're a group you know like like they do that in new york we definitely <laughs> yeah like you go to like baltimore harbor and you're like this is me and i'm walking and we we're broke but we're like in a touristy spot and we're like hanging out mm-hmm. or like you go near the aquarium but not in the aquarium because it was so goddamn expensive to get in so you just walk around and be like mm-hmm. <laughs> So her summers in Virginia were over, but she can never forget the place. Her grandparents never left, and it is her father's hometown after all. Maya's dad had a very religious upbringing in Virginia. It was the kind of upbringing that kept bringing him back every summer. My dad grew up religious in a very, like, very traditional Southern Baptist way, went to church every Sunday, had revival every summer, and it was two weeks long, and you went to church every night for three hours, like that sort of thing. What's revival? Revival is like homecoming for churches. It's when people come back from different cities and stuff and come back to their hometown church and celebrate with that community and like attend church, and it's usually a week-long thing that ends on like a Sunday where like, people come back from home. Like, my dad still to this day during revival at Clarksville Baptist Church in Warsaw, he drives to Warsaw and goes to revival with his parents. It's just, like, a thing people do. Like, Mm -hmm. if they're in Chicago, they'll, like, go and spend time with their family and go to revival. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's kind of like a homecoming sort of situation. And he would spend, like, week-long time there. Like, he went to Bible school, Sunday school, Like, he was brought up in that way. Like, almost like a movie. And, like, my mom went to church every Sunday. But not, like, just, like, not in that, like, tradition. And that very, it's, like, a very folk tradition thing that my dad was, like, brought up in. Mm -hmm. Whereas my mom, like, went to church every now and then. And, like, once she got her own job and, like, moved out, she didn't really. Mm -hmm. So my dad was just already, like, kind of inherently more religious than my mom. Maya's own upbringing wasn't that religious at first. But... That changed pretty early on in her childhood. My dad had a vision. This is legit. Like, this is what he says. But, like, sometime between, like, elementary and middle school, my dad was like, I had a vision from God. I had this dream. 
and he told me I need to go to church more and I need to stop drinking. And he just did. My religious upbringing was after that, pretty much. And at that point, Maya's mom was just as committed as Maya's dad, if not more. She got involved first before my dad. My dad just went to church, and then she was like, you know what, I want to join a ministry, I want to be involved. She started that, and he's become involved since. So, yeah, they just started going to church every Sunday. We went to this, like, kind of big deal church in Baltimore. It's called New Psalmist Baptist Church, and the pastor is so annoying, but he's also really good. But he's annoying in that kind of, like, I don't know, proselytizing way where you're just like, oh, like, very theatrical, very much like a, like a guru. And he's really good friends with Elijah Cummings, which is one of the congressmen in Maryland. So a lot of politicians come through. That's, like, a very big focal Ooh. point in Baltimore politics. Like, if you, if you need to get the black vote, <laughs> you got to be like, new psalmist, hey. And they'll be like, and here we have the candidate for senator. And then, like, some white guy would be like, hi. But... Yeah, so New Psalmist Baptist Church. We would go there every Sunday. My parents were like, you should go to, you know, Sunday school. And I was like, no. I had no care to be a part of the church whatsoever, and I never did. There was so many, (laughs) I remember so many Sundays, I would bring my book. (laughs) It was just hard to keep attention, so I'd just, like, read, or I'd be like, I'm tired, and my mom would let me, like, sleep on her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, yeah, we started going every Sunday, and they just got more and more involved And just, like, I remember very, very vividly the pastor was like, we need to challenge ourselves to read the Bible every day. And then he, like, sold these, like, little booklet things (laughs) that you had to buy that were, like, kind of, um, kind of like chicken soup for the... For the soul. For the soul. And, like, had little exercises. And they were like, read this passage and, like, write down some, like, journal at the same time. And it was, like, a 60-day challenge. So, like, two months. And we did that every night. We allotted, like, at least 45 minutes where I could have been watching TV or not doing anything. (laughs) Where we had to, like, journal our thoughts and then, like, read a scripture and talk about it. And I fucking hated it. (laughs) So much because I think I think the biggest thing is that I'm really happy for my parents like they they decided to like do this for themselves and to be more like faithful I didn't decide it I didn't really want this and like I I never like I they had like my dad had an incentive Mm -hmm. and he felt like it was justified whereas like I was just and my mom was like I will stand by my husband I didn't have any of that. I was just like, why are we here? Like, it was just such a big surprise. For my parents, it's both like they choose it and it's just a cultural thing for them now. It's a part of their life where like, it felt so forced upon me. Maya did not want to go to church. She didn't want to go to Virginia. She wanted what almost any kid, as they grow older, wanted. She wanted to make her own decisions, separate from her parents. And one of those things included a way out. For her, that way out, it was college. My dad's always been, like, pressuring me to, like, do well and stuff like that. And in high school, I think I caught up to that mentality. I was like, if I do well, I can get the fuck out of here. 
I think my parents wanted me to go to college, and I also really, really wanted to go to college because I was like, this is my break. And I worked so hard the previous like three years to like get out. So when the opportunity to finally apply to college came, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and because of that, I, I applied to everywhere. Maya applied to 15 schools. I only applied to one school in Maryland. Yeah, I was going to say, were any of them close to home? Yeah, and that was, uh, it was University of Maryland, Baltimore County, which is 20 minutes yeah. from my house. And was that like a you decision or a parental decision? That was a me decision. I was like, I might as well. That was a safety. And then I had like, I just really wanted that liberal, liberal arts vibe. Mm-hmm. I wanted a small campus, so I applied to like Sarah Lawrence. I applied to Vassar. I remember going to Poughkeepsie to visit and they were like trying to convince me and my mode of like trying to figure out if I wanted to go to Vassar was counting the amount of black people there and I got to four. Out of my own like apprehensiveness and like just like introvertedness, I just never felt like I belonged or anything like that and I never felt, I always, I never felt like I belonged particularly anywhere or like any kind of group dynamic. I felt very much like a loner. Um, and I think I was like, well, in college, there's all types of black kids and white kids and like any sort of diverse kids. Like I don't have to prescribe to anything that I don't care about. That's like happening with like the group of black girls that hang out with each other or the group of white girls that hang out with each other. I was like, oh my God, there's going to be so many different types of people interested in different things. And like, I want to, I want to know if there's another black girl like me. And I think that's what I wanted. And I think I was very conscious of, like, it just needs to have black, a good amount of black people, a good amount of people of color in general for me to be like, I want to go to this school. Maya was accepted into all the schools she applied to. And after visiting a few and taking her own college needs into consideration, she decided on the University of Pennsylvania. It was a complicated decision to make. You see, her dad wanted her to go to Penn which made Maya not want to go to Penn. But ultimately, when the decision deadline came around, Penn was the winner. Like senior year, after you decide, just kind of goes by. A lot of people cried (laughs) during my graduation, and I just didn't. I didn't care. I was like, yes. My family kept being like, I can't wait for Penn State. And I was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, I I didn't care. And... The summer went by so quickly where I also just didn't do anything. I didn't do any camps. I didn't go to Virginia. I think I just stayed home. And sometimes I would hang out with friends every now and then. But I think just having that summer of just nothing was so good. And it went by so quickly. And I just read. I watched TV. I slept a lot. I just, like, recouped from, like, four years of intense pressure. Like she said, no Virginia. No summer home away from home. And she had been going summers without going to Virginia for a while now. But for the first time, after this summer, she wasn't going to be in Baltimore. She was going to be in Philadelphia, away from home, away from church, away from her parents, and she couldn't wait. Before she knew it, the day came. The day she moved away from home. We packed too much. We were just packed into my dad's truck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, immediately regretted getting all the stuff mm-hmm. without like seeing where I was going to live for the next year. My dad, I remember this when he 
dropped me off. He was like, well, I guess you're never coming back. And I said no, and I didn't. Coming up after the break, what happens after Maya's parents drop her off at school? What new experiences are waiting for her once she gets there? And is it true? Is her dad right? Does she not come back home to Baltimore? This episode of Back Home is brought to you by the will and determination of a girl trying to achieve her podcasting dreams and just share stories. You can probably guess by now that this podcast does not have an actual sponsor, but this is how I'm going to be running this thing. I'm going to act like I'm speaking to millions of people and then hopefully one day I will be talking to millions of people. And you, yes you, can help me do that you can go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Share this podcast with your friends. You can share this podcast with your family members. You can share this podcast with your classmates. You can share this podcast with anyone. And be honest, let them know that you like it. Let them know that you don't like it. You can also let me know these things too. You can email me at thebackhomepodcast at gmail.com or like I said before, just leave a review. And now, without further ado, Back to the show. Should I just call, call? Let's see if that works. Oh, there we go. Hello? Hello? Oh, can you hear Hello? me? Hello? Oh, no, she can't yes. hear me. Oh, you can hear me. There's just a little bit of an echo, so I couldn't tell if it was my own voice or your voice. Yeah, um, sorry. Oh, yeah. Is this <laughs> no, <you're> good. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. Hi, Savannah. Thanks so much for... Savannah and Maya met in their freshman year at Penn. They were in the same intro to sociology class, but they didn't really become friends until sophomore year. Now they're living together in New York City. I wasn't able to make a second trip to Harlem to speak in person, so I called. If I remember correctly, when um, I came over to your place the first time, you guys told me that like your friendship didn't really like kick off until about sophomore year was it yeah so could you explain that to me a little bit more yeah um I think it was just very random so um I had a good friend at the time who was living in this vegan co-op uh just like a house where everyone lived and like cooked vegetarian meals together um and Maya lived there too and so one time I was there with my friend and I just saw Maya and got really overexcited because I was like, I remember you from sociology. You're Maya. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it was just really like, you know, uh, just a random interaction. And then I think after that, um, 
I friended her on Facebook. <laughs> I was very forward about wanting to be friends. Um, and we kind of just, um, it was really just one of those things where I was kind of like, I want us to be friends. <laughs> yeah. um, so we didn't really like join anything else. Like we weren't really in any other clubs together um, at that point, but we just sort of started like hanging out more and then eventually like found out that we were both English majors and did end up at some classes together. But that was sort of, yeah, I would say it was really just like lucky circumstances. There was nothing super tangible that like brought the friendship about. So when I talked to Maya, she told me that like her first two years of Penn was like very much so like in the partying mindset. Maya's first few years at Penn were wild. She had a couple of things figured out before she arrived, though. Or at least she thought she did. I'm going to go to Penn and I'm going to do history and communications and I'm going to focus on political science and history and I'm going to be a journalist and I'm going to work for the newspaper. And yeah, this is what she told herself, but... The first month, I didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't sign up for the club, didn't no. go to the meeting. Mm-mm. Is there a particular reason why? I can't even remember. I think I just never felt like doing it. I got so wrapped in, in my job. I got really wrapped into um, a class I was taking called Writing About Art, which was like a creative writing class where we went to different museums and talked about art. I wanted to do that more, and there was no opportunity at Penn to do that, like more creative stuff. And I met people at in that Writing About Art class who were like heavy partiers, and I just started partying. And I didn't do, I didn't join any clubs that first semester. I just like partied, went to work, and sometimes class. Everything that I learned in high school about like work ethic just was like <laughs> It was gone. It was long gone, or at least for the time being, long forgotten. My first party was during orientation with all my roommates, and I had vodka for the first time and then just drank too much and someone carried me back to my dorm. And I was like, that was fun. <laughs> and then I just kept doing it, and I was known as Maya, who would party out, the freshman, blah, blah, blah. And I started making a lot of friends through that but it was like not real friends but it was just like hey Maya you're back and I slowly devolved into being messy (laughs) I was super messy my first two years Mm -hmm. but I was like oh my god alcohol Mm -hmm. (laughs) and dancing and just you know experiencing new things and meeting new people it was just like very that was kind of the lens you were seeing it through it was like very intoxicating in a way literally and figuratively and yeah it just like I didn't, and I think I was still just so exhausted that I had no care about school that first year. I, like, got such bad grades my first year. In high school, I was like, I'm ready to start my life and do things that I want to do and not feel pressured, but I was just pressured by a completely different source, and it took a long time to get out of that momentum. It took her a really long time to get out of that momentum. In that really long time, Maya went to a lot of parties. And she did a lot of stuff she probably shouldn't have done, but did anyway. I think people just exhausted of me a lot because I would drink to a point where like, I shouldn't have and I would black out. I've had alcohol poisoning and I was hospitalized for one night. Um, I <laughs> One thing that I did one time that was really 
crazy <laughs> was like we were in this frat party that was really white and apparently there was like racist stuff happening that night i had no like i was just like we should mess up the bathroom <laughs> and i <laughs> went to the bathroom in this frat and was just like we just need to throw everything out so we took the medicine cabinet and i was just like we collected them and we just threw it out the window and then i would just like squirt toothpaste in the bathtub i like clogged the toilet because i um i tried to flush it um (laughs) like like bottles not even like pills i just tried to flush advil bottles down the toilet so i flooded the bathroom (laughs) i was like how dare they and then then i just threw out like me and this other girl just threw a bunch of stuff on the floor and out the window and then we just left yeah that night i also like peed on the side of their house i was like ha I like I was not thinking and I was just like mm-mm. so at times it could be really fun <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of sounds epic with no repercussions um Penn's a party school we're considered the party IV there's really? parties every weekend there's parties from Thursday to Saturday night the thing at Penn is like you work hard and you play hard and there's a lot of rich kids that are just able to like just be like I have coke did your parents have any idea of like this kind of like did they get hints of it like did they know? Did they have any sense of like the kind of experimenting, the kind of experiential learning <laughs> you were participating in at that? They, I think they knew when like several times I would accidentally call them at parties and be like, no, <laughs> and hang up. Like I just like, you know, when your phone just does weird things and they're like favorites on my phone, on yeah. like iPhone. And then sometimes I'd just be like, no, <laughs> and like they'll hear the bass and they're like, uh. And then when I had alcohol poisoning and was hospitalized, I called them immediately after. And you don't have to call your parents, but I just wanted to because I was like, that was the scariest thing that ever happened. I was like, hey, I was drinking and I think I might have been drugged a little bit and I was hospitalized. And my parents were like, my dad was very furious. And my mom was like, I'm just glad you're safe and stuff. It's all right. And I just think they just remembered what they would do. Like they did in the past, like. After a while, they were just like, I'm thankful that you called, you didn't have to, that sort of thing. During her freshman year, Maya and her parents just weren't that close. Freshman year, I would spend months not responding to my parents. Wow. I did that. Yeah, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And then, why was that, do you think? You didn't? I think I just didn't, I just didn't want to be pressured by my dad and I didn't want to like just I just didn't want to get pressured by my dad I think that was the thing I just like couldn't deal with it I couldn't deal with him trying to control my life outside of high school and like I just like didn't need it I just didn't need any of their I didn't want any of their advice and I didn't want any of their comfort in that moment I wanted to be like an adult (laughs) Mm. and I wanted to live life and I think because of that I didn't have like a base to ground myself and I also like I think that's me trying to be independent in this way just like kind of didn't work out it like just like worked at my disadvantage more than my advantage where I just was like very unhappy because I was trying to like estrange myself from my parents um And I think that's what was up. I just, like, I was, like, I... Because sometimes when you're a kid, you're just, like, I'm just doing everything for my parents. And then, and I think in high school when I was, like, I need to get out, 
it was part of me, like, I want a new life, but I also was conditioned by my father to, like, be successful in that way. I don't know if that's making sense, but it's just, like, I just, I didn't want to, I didn't want their advice. I didn't want any of their, I wanted to do stuff on my own, which isn't, which wasn't the best idea at that point, because I was already so vulnerable. Yeah. Vulnerable how? Because you just were away from home. I was away from home. I didn't know jack shit. Like, I would say I have a pretty good, like, perspective and stuff like that, but when I was in first coming out of college, I only knew two different kinds of worlds, and they were eerily similar. So I, like, knew Virginia, and I knew Baltimore, and I just knew that sort of religious black upbringing and that sort of thing, but nothing else. Yeah. And, yeah, I think I learned really quickly about other stuff my freshman year that's, like, good to have, but I also, like, I just, it didn't have to be that way. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I was just vulnerable in that way, where I was just, like, and I was also just lending myself to be in situations where I was, like, I'm trying to experience something new and start life, but it was, like, actually unhealthy. Like a self-destructive. Yeah, and not safe. After her sophomore year, Maya, messy Maya, the partying Maya, started to make less appearances. She didn't go back home for the summers in between her undergraduate career. She'd return for holiday breaks, but nothing longer than a few weeks. She didn't even call it home anymore. She stopped calling it that in freshman year. I just immediately started calling it my parents' house. Like, I'm going back to my parents' house. It's not my house. Wow. And I think I did that freshman year, and I think that's when I knew the change happened. Like, And even like going for like break was just like, oh. Did your room look the same? They didn't touch it. So it was it like... Like all your books were in the same place. Yeah. You ever just like go back to a place and you're like, this is a relic. Maya immediately started to shed things once she left for college. Her freshman year was the only year she lived on campus. As she progressed and she lived further off campus, the less she partied. She started to hang out with friends. Actual friends, not people who she just partied with. I think it was the summer after sophomore year. We went hiking together um, at the Wissahickon Trail and um, just brought snacks and just relaxed and kind of talked about our lives. And like, it just felt like a much deeper interaction. Um, just talking about, you know, how are we doing at Penn and just things like that. Um, and I feel like at, I think at that moment, we actually verbally said to each other, like, I consider you a good friend, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which like, seems so like a very weird thing to say, but it was sort of just like a moment, like, you know, like when you make a new friend and like you kind of have, a, you know, a moment where you're like, I actually really trust you. I feel like we're really close friends. I like talking to you. Um, and just like the fact that we were away in nature and like, you know, away from Penn was kind of nice. Maya also started to call her parents more often. She checked in with them more, not just so they could see how she was doing, but so she could see how they were doing. Throughout her time at Penn, her parents lost their jobs and they almost relocated for a new job. As these changes were happening, Maya grew more and more detached from the physical space of her Baltimore home. I think, yeah, it just changed the general vibe, like, because... I don't know, home is a very specific thing where your parents, like, 
go to work and come back and like stuff like that and like that kind of home was changed and then at the beginning of my sophomore year my dad got a job in New Jersey um and he was like I'll just do this for a couple years and we'll probably slowly move to New Jersey and that's when I was like oh so my home is not Mm -hmm. I was like oh we're gonna move like I was preparing myself in that way Mm -hmm. um and so my dad was really close to me in Philly so we would hang out a lot because of that come junior year they decided to not move to New Jersey but I already made that like choice of detaching myself from my home so just after that never felt the same and like I think that year with my dad being close by was both really busy and helpful because every now and then I got to see him a little bit more than I did my freshman year so it just like became a thing where like my dad is my home my mom would come up we all hang out like just this kind of unit that we created for ourselves was more of a home than like the actual physical building and then by my senior year my dad got a new job and he moved back to Baltimore Mm -hmm. with my mom and just like home was not a space anymore for me home was not my room anymore it was just more like if my parents and I could cobble the time to be together then as a unit I guess that was home now when Maya's dad first dropped her off at Penn they both knew in a weird way that she wouldn't return home or at least she didn't plan on it. Throughout her entire undergraduate career, Maya managed not to go home for long periods of time. However, it wasn't until the summer after she graduated, she found herself back in her parents' home. I don't know, it was just like, it was fine. I had a goal in mind that summer to learn to drive and my mom taught me and that was really nice. And I hung out with my mom a lot and we just would watch like days of our lives in the bold type <laughs> and we would make like cupcakes and brownies and we would drink wine because by that point I was 21 and she was like yeah someone to drink wine with um, <laughs> I love that and or like we would have a beer and like go outside in the patio I still didn't go to church um my dad would come back we would make him dinner chill but like like Yeah, I just did a lot of stuff that I never did when I was in high school or middle school. Like, I would clean, I would cook a lot, I would do laundry. I, like, it was just different. And it it didn't, it didn't feel like I was back home home in that sense. Or, like, it was just more like I was with my parents for, like, another, like, that kind of final time before life really took and I moved, eventually moved, um... It was more just like a two-month period of just hanging out with them and talking. Yeah. Like, it's like being friends. Yeah. (laughs) Being friends with your parents after so much and just like, yeah, just providing for each other. And like the home, it didn't matter what the space was. It was just like I spent those two months with my parents. And I think it, it, it felt better. It felt more deeper than that summer before I went to college. Because that summer before I went to college was just like a blur. I didn't really care. I was like ready to leave. But this one was more just like, we've been through so much together. It was a, I don't know, we went to the movies. We had, like, we had dinner. We went out. Like, we would go outside and chill. Like, like that was like the, that was a transitional summer, 
I just became more of an adult. Like, elementary school, middle school, and high school, they were just so stable. Even going to Virginia was a stable thing. It was a routine that happened. And college completely upended that. Everything I knew about my parents, everything I knew about, like, my sense of home and, like, me as a person abruptly changed. Partly because of my own doing, partly because of my parents, partly because just what happened, like, life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think I just... Everything is a process because you just have to go through those, like, waves. And I think those ups and downs, those, like, waves and crashes. And I think college was just kind of, like, a continuous crash. (laughs) I think it really was, but I needed it so badly. And Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that, like, I wouldn't be the person that I wanted to be in high school. Like, like, because in high school, I just wanted to get out. I wanted to be an adult. I wanted to have my own personality, my own being. And I think... Without that long four-year crash, I wouldn't get to this point now. And I think because of that now, I know what I don't want to be, which is who I kind of was in college. <laughs> My freshman year of college, I don't want to relive that again. Um, and but now, you needed it to, like, be the person that you wanted to be. Yeah. And, like, yeah, now I know... Even I'm in my early 20s, so, like, who really knows everything that they want but I know a little bit and that's good enough for me Mm -hmm. and like I'll continue adding up to it after those two months back at her parents home Maya knew she wanted to come to New York City she got an internship here and figured why not just come to the city and try to figure out her next move the city could be fun right when I saw the internship description it was just so similar to all the stuff I've done in the past in terms of internships and stuff like that. And I was like, I could, I could do this. Um, maybe I just need to like fuck, fuck around for a year. Like even if I finish this internship and stay in New York and I just work retail or something like that, like maybe I just need this year to like comp- decompress and not think about like having a job. And so I got the internship and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, I don't care. I'm going to just try to find a way to do it. I was talking with my college friend, Savannah, who you met, and she was like, I'd be interested in moving with you. I want to do something different, too. So I actually came up here for, like, a a night and uh, just took a bunch of tours, and I took a bunch of photos and videos of apartments, and Maya just trusted me. Um, But I think at that point, like, it was so close to the time when her internship was going to start up here that we, we just kind of wanted to find a place. So yeah, it was kind of a pretty quick turnaround. And just like that, they were here. Maya moved in on September 1st. And she started her internship three days later. I asked her if she planned on going back to her parents' home for Thanksgiving. She told me that they were traveling to New York to see her instead. And in a way, that's home. It's not a single family space with two floors and a backyard. It isn't her Baltimore bedroom with all of her books, her desktop computer, or her green furniture. It's not even the guardian angel that sits above her bed in that old room. Those pieces, those parts of that room, will stay there. She does, however, have a different guardian angel that hangs above her bed in New York. There's another thing, that another guardian angel that I didn't mention that my great aunt gave me, but I have it here. 
here and I'd bring it everywhere I live. The guardian angel behind my bed stays, but this doesn't. This always comes with me. And looking back, it's very much like, <laughs> like very southern, <laughs> very much like something like a wind channel. But I don't know, I've had it since I was really young and I, I take it to every place I go. This is the same angel that's hung above her beds throughout college. It goes everywhere with her. Yeah, it's so pretty. It's like copper, rose gold. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> it's, it broke one time, but we fixed it. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I just like can't get over this like cartoony smile. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just, like simple. It's both like very like kitschy. <laughs> yeah. But like there's just, I don't know. I just, I like it too much. And I remember it would shine near the window and I would see it through the light when the sun came through. And as Maya is showing this to me, I think to myself, wherever her next step or next place or next move will be, most likely this guardian angel will be with her. And even if someday her parents' place with her Baltimore bedroom is no longer a space she can go back to, she'll have this angel and her parents. And that is enough.